Hi, this is Mary, and welcome to my podcast, Mental State, where I dive into all things mental health and more. So today on my show, I've invited my friend Jacqueline back, and we love to talk about attachment styles, especially when it comes to relationships and dating. And I think one key component in relationships in dating is learning about communication. So Jacqueline, what do you want to tell me about secure communication? So today I wanted to talk about some real specific examples of what secure communication can look like in the dating field. Phrases to use, actions to do that can help you earn that secure attachment and kind of decipher whether somebody and yourself, right, builds your own ability and decipher whether somebody else has the ability and willingness to move into secure attachment, right? Because the reality is a lot of us don't run with secure attachment. So how do we move into it? What kind of things can you do? So I think that one of the things that can get a bit confusing about communication is that there's the concept of there's verbal communication, which we know about. And then there's also the nonverbal communication. And nonverbal communication cues are really important in terms of dealing with communication. So we talk about communication. And I think one of the really important things about communication is also attuning to the nonverbal communication. When we're going to give some sort of like tips and tricks about how to communicate to get into a more securely attached place, we also want to address the nonverbal communication. I have a friend who identifies very openly as an avoidant attacher. And I have so much respect for this person because he already has a certain amount of awareness, which that awareness piece, if you identify as leading with the avoidance, whether it's the disorganized attachment leading with avoidance or just plain old avoidance, one of the biggest challenges is learning when you're actually in distress. And what he had said to me is, I think it, it, it described, he described it so beautifully. He was like, we all say we want relationships and we want to find that person. But for them, when somebody comes and starts to talk about their feelings and is asking them about their feelings, it actually feels painful. It is so distressing to share in that capacity that it actually feels bad. And that's such an important part of the equation because having the awareness that's your experience is mm. something you can share with your partner if you run more avoidant. And what I mean by that is not, you talk about relationships and your feelings a lot. That I don't like to talk about that as much. That's not the communication we're talking about here. <laughs> we are talking about earning the security through phrases like, it's really hard for me to talk about my feelings. Sometimes it almost feels painful. So what I want to do is let you know when things feel too much for me so that we can take a breather. And when I, my agreement is when things feel safe enough for me, we can go back and revisit. Both the avoidant and the anxious type need to learn to advocate for themselves. And so what I just gave is an example of the avoidant attacher advocating for themselves. So that is not, you need to back away. You talk too much. That's projection of feelings. Instead, saying what is uncomfortable for you, what is difficult for you, what you need, even if it's, I'm not even sure what I need. This is new for me. 
I don't know what I'm feeling. I actually get confused when you ask me that because I, I don't understand the word feelings and become curious. Can you help me? I don't know what I'm feeling. Can we explore that? That becomes advocating for yourself and healthy communication, right? That builds for that other person a security of what's happening because the other person's probably running anxious in this scenario. And I think just even being vulnerable about not even know what I might be feeling or that feelings feel really hard to just to be able to express that comes from a really vulnerable place. And it also comes from a place of I'm feeling that I'm trusting this person enough to hold that space for me. And that can be really hard too, especially with somebody who runs avoidant because all they wanted to do is really express their feelings and just got shut down. And the messaging was like, your feelings don't matter. So even getting to a place where you're thinking like, okay, I may not know exactly what I'm feeling, but whatever it is, this matters and this needs to be expressed is a place of moving towards that more secure attachment. So it's really about like being open and honest with yourself and with your partner about at the same time without ben, fear or judgment. So if we start to look at this, I always say the hat of the curious observer versus I don't think we can get rid of the fear, right? Like I feel like when we have the secure attachment is more of that fear intelligence where we're present into the experience. It's to the left of that of, oh, I'm experiencing the fear and I'm curious about this. And this is hard versus maybe I even want to look for the answer in this. I'm looking for some safety here because this feels uncomfortable to talk about. That's the honesty and the exploration, the curiosity of you just keep uncovering what else is there, right? And so if you run on the anxious side, you can help through being curious versus looking for some sense of security in the sense of maybe your work is to say in a conversation like that, I talking about feelings makes me feel really safe. I see that it's hard for you. You're mirroring back their experience. Do you need a second? That's helping the other person start to attune to what they need because the avoidant might not know right away. And, and we don't I hear um, to go into uh, freeze response or to go into that flight response too much where the person then can no longer respond. And again, from the receiving end, we talk about the nonverbal communication, which is paying attention, facing the other person, giving them eye contact, just like what Jacqueline was saying, like actively listening, which is reflecting, oh, I'm hearing you say this. Does that sound right? Or is there something else that you would like to say? And also speaking in a very regulated voice, right? Because, you know, a lot of times this type of behavior does come from trauma. And so if you've grown up in a chaotic household, you're used to, to certain types of tones of voice. So when a voice gets raised or when a voice goes really quiet, may, it may signal something to your nervous system. So being able to be on the receiving end with a very even tone voice can really help regulate that person's nervous system and feel like, oh, I'm coming to a place that feels safe. It will also, if you run anxious, 
it will help you regulate your system. So again, the same principle applies. The honesty, right? And that curiosity, not just about their experience, but also your experience. So we don't want to get derailed with looking for the answer. We want to be curious about what that person is experiencing. And oh, I hear what you're saying. It makes me scared sometimes. I'm afraid that you won't be able to meet my needs or I'm feeling really stressed out right now. What would make me feel really good is if you gave me a hug, right? Learning what would make me feel good. You're going to have to be curious about that for yourself and learn what do you need and then articulating that. Yeah. And I think that everybody is different. We do have a podcast about love languages. So I love that Jacqueline brought up like that physical touch can really convey that emotional closeness and security, as well as another thing that she brings up is that reassurance. The person saying like, yeah, I'm here for you. I'm interested in what you're saying. Something else I see as a pitfall is I'll hear people say, oh, I texted this person. I shared my feelings and they didn't respond back. And I look at the text exchanges if they have them. And instead of sharing the solution, meaning if somebody Mm. is texting you a lot and then drops off, if you keep picking at ways to get their attention, that's not really articulating Mm -hmm. what you need. That's not really coming from an honest place. And that can be very confusing as well as is if the other person's running avoidant, you're just pushing them away more. So articulating the feelings isn't just like, this makes me feel bad. Don't do this, right? That's offering a solution. And it's hard. I think as far as gender stereotypes go, I think women are able to handle that kind of communication style more. Men really struggle with that, I think, just looking at me. If we're talking in those stereotypes and the history of it, they really need to know what the solution is. And And that expectation that the other person is going to be a mind reader. Yeah, totally. Totally. I think that goes along with the anxious side of us. Like, Mm -hmm. know that. Have that sense of knowing we're so connected. So learning what you need, asking yourself before you reach out to that person, what do you need right now? Do you need to schedule another date? Do you want to have more phone conversations? Do you want to go back to texting as much as you were texting before? Then maybe telling them, hey, I loved it when we texted a lot. Do you want to text more? And through that, what I see is if the person is unresponsive, the anxiety level really decreases Mm -hmm. because the clarity is not a trigger for anxiety. The lack of clarity is a trigger for anxiety, right? The unpredictable. So when we lean into that sense of honesty, it, it just, boom, pulls us straight out of the anxious attachment and gives us more information about that person's limitations. Yeah. And also when we're in relationships, sometimes we want that resolution to be more of a collaborative experience, right? We want that person's buy-in and we don't want them to just do it, right? Just to please us. We have to clock whether or not they're in their own like people-pleasing mode and we're just going to do this. It's really like, I mean, this is what relationships are, right? This is like, it's not a me and a you, it's an us. And so we're building something together. And I think that collaborative piece is so important. So 
other phrases or things just to, I just want to go back to reiterating what we're talking. Mm -hmm. Mary, you had mentioned uh, the mirroring. It's called imago therapy, like the I statement and the mirroring of what that is. So rather than if the problem is, Mary, you are not communicating enough with me. A, I could just give the example. This is not imago therapy, but just say, hey, I love lots of communication. So when you text me three times a day and ask me how I'm doing, I feel really good, right? So I just gave Mary the exact answer of what she needs to do to make me feel okay. Okay, I can do that. Well, all right, good. <laughs> or the imago therapy uh, way is I'm feeling like I feel very unsafe uh, and confused when I don't hear from you. And I, I don't know what to do with that. And you would say what, Mary, if we were the Imago? If we were the Imago therapy, I would Mary, say, well, what do you need? What do you need to, what do you need to feel safe? Or I'm hearing that you feel unsafe right now. Yes. I'm mirroring you. I'm hearing exactly. that you're feeling really unsafe right now. And then, right, the next step is what do you need? What do you need to feel safe? That, that, those three texts a day. So three do you texts a day. That? Okay, I can do that. I can schedule yeah. those. God. Or maybe the response is, I'm not sure. I get really stressed and overwhelmed with text during the day. It's hard for me to focus on that and focus on my work. Even okay, here. Well, then, is it okay if I check in with you at the end of the day? Another solution, right? So do we see how? Rather than going into fixing, it's right the curiosity of what am I feeling? Not just what is she doing, but what am I feeling? The mirroring back of that and asking, what can I do to support you? Checking in with yourself. Does that feel okay? That might be hard for me, right? That's also helpful information. Also, we want to say like, I mean, we're really modeling like perfect communication in relationships and it's not always going to be perfect. So we really do have to take that leap of faith and we like to say over communicate. So even if somebody is saying like, wow, I feel really unseen in this relationship and I'm not really sure what I want. And if the person doesn't come back and say, wow, I'm really hearing that you're feeling unseen and let's try to figure out together like what it is that you need or what's going on. That's the kind of like a quote unquote perfect solution. And so if the person's not responding that way, it doesn't mean they're a bad person. They might also have issues communicating. But I think that part of it is also like coming up with some of the solutions. They may not be able to come up with the solutions because again, they this might be early on in the relationship. They don't really know you. So even if you can get in touch with those parts of yourself that aren't feeling seen and what is it that they need? It's really important that we can ask the person, hey, I'm not feeling seen and this is a way that I can feel more seen in the relationship because they might not have the capacity to reflect what's going on. Correct. It takes time. It takes practice. Again, that's we call this error and secure attachment. Most of us didn't grow up in households where we even had the tools to have really effective communication. I recommend starting this as a practice, even when you're dating, hey, I'm practicing this feeling thing. Do you want to try it, right? To see what are they capable of? Where are they at? I wouldn't do but, it over anything too serious, right? Keeping a lightness to it, keeping a playfulness to it is going to be an important factor, right? To learn that there is safety in this, right? That it's not going to be a distressing conversation every time. And that same applies to if you're in partnership, 
keeping a level of softness, gentleness, that curiosity can lead to those can be really helpful. Yeah. And I love just keeping it light because again, depending on how you run, what kind of attachment style you favor, you do want to keep it light. And it can be even as like simple as like, hey, I know that you like to have this kind of food for dinner, but I don't really like that kind of food. And a lot of people will just go to a restaurant that they don't like to go to just to like please the other person or they don't want to seem too needy or they don't want to seem like they're asking too much. So I think it's like, I don't want to watch that on on Netflix. I want to watch something else. So just like these just tiny little things, because you can just notice it's like, oh, wow, I'm really not asking for what I need in like where we go out to dinner or what kind of media we consume. Because these are things that may not feel like they matter, but they do give us a lot of information in terms of like how open the other person is to hearing what we're experiencing in all of this. Going back to having the ability to assert the solution, what you need. Sometimes what I see, we have an episode out there on this around what is masculinity. And if somebody, if a a guy asks you, what do you want to, where do you want to go? And if that makes you uncomfortable, it's really a sign that it's hard for you to assert what you do need and want. And so even as simple as going back to whether this person is going to be a match for you or not, is practicing that the tool or the art of communication and asserting your needs in a way that feels good to you, right? Um, Not just how the other person takes it, but a a way that feels good to you takes time, takes practice. I do feel, again, those gender stereotypes, women often go into, these are my feelings. If we do not have the solution, there's makes it confusing on where to go, right? So again, earned secure attachment is learning what you do need, what the solution is for you, and exploring options, even if it's not the original one that you wanted. Hmm. I think this is a good place to end. If you want to learn more about how to communicate effectively with your partner, anything about attachment styles or anything mental health, you can DM me on Instagram at Mary B Therapy or visit my website, marybtherapy.com. And thanks for listening.